0: This is The Rest Is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Valls. Hello everyone and welcome once again to The Rest Is PR. My name is Lyle Fulton, and as ever, I am joined by the absolutely wonderful Jackie Vores. Jackie, how are you this fine Friday afternoon? We're back, normal time, Friday afternoon. How are you
1: doing? I feel weird that it's an afternoon. I <laughs> feel like we need to get back into that morning energy. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's really hard. Exactly. I feel Hit like you know, day. you're digesting your lunch, and you know, <laughs> sort of planning a Friday night, and yeah.
0: This is it. I mean, I feel like when we have guests on, and it's an afternoon it's a Friday afternoon like when we had the lovely Peggy on Peggy was like yeah do this podcast and then you know because it was Peggy and she's brilliant she was like then I'm going to record another podcast and then it's Friday (laughs) then it's the weekend but you're right there is something quite appealing about a morning record uh you know sort of you know you're up you're up and out and coffee
1: with my PT I had a PT a really early morning session my PT yesterday Oh, my days. I said to her, Nina, I'm not going to do this with you this early in the morning. You're too fresh. <laughs> <laughs> they are, though, normally, right? Normally, I get Lena after a mother and baby session and she's really easy on me.
0: <laughs> I, one of my really good friends, I'm going to give him a shout out, Charlie, who um, I was in The Importance of Being Earnest and Midsummer Night's Dream with over the summer. And he was Algernon and he was Demetrius and we got him really, really brilliantly. Much love, Charlie. Charlie's a PT. Uh, he works at David Lloyd now, I believe, but you know other gyms are available. We're an independent uh, <laughs> podcast, uh, and uh, but he, he's worked somewhere else previously. Always very fresh. I mean, he'll probably argue against that if you listen to it, but they just are, right? I don't think I'm sort of you know crossing any lines to say that they just are incredibly fresh. It stands to reason, right? They look after
1: it themselves. It Does stand to reason. It can
0: just be really. Yeah, I'm still
1: I'm still in pain. I have to say,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've got this with me. I'm going to do you go. more <laughs> exercises. For text. our listeners
0: who are listening, you know, as the word <laughs> would indicate, on dumbbells. the audio medium, yeah, Jackie's currently holding up some very small pink dumbbells,
1: you know, which is kind of of... my ambition. To... <laughs> Sometimes it's
0: important to look back, right? I mean when we first recorded this podcast, we've both sat here like, right, we're doing a podcast. This is, yeah. this is very exciting, like, it's very interesting. Now we've got dumbbells, there's an on-air sign, you know. we've we had. Used to know, wear a
1: shirt.
0: I used to wear t- I used to wear a shirt shirt. Yeah, we've had Ludo come on the podcast before we went live listeners as well. You know, we were just chatting away about you know anything and everything. We've had phone calls, a lot. But yeah, it's a pleasure to be recording this latest episode of The Rest is PR and listeners. The subject is not PTs and it's not the time of day with which we record. It is, this week, KPIs, takeaways uh, from a particular project. Sort of, you know, calling it the rest is takeaways, if you like. Exactly, yeah. No, not the thing you (laughs) order of a Friday night uh, when you don't fancy cooking. There is a very definite business definition of takeaways and KPIs. And so, Jackie, I suppose the first question I'll ask you this fine Friday afternoon is, because this was very much like, you know, a, a, you you drove this suggestion. I'm really intrigued to sort of um, hear more yeah, about that's it.
1: That's a very kind way of saying I dumped it on you late <laughs> a couple of days ago. I said, I want to talk about takeaways. Yeah.
0: There was very much the text uh, that I got, which was, uh, <laughs> sorry, this week's been mad. Let's do it on takeaways. Thanks.
1: Kentucky <laughs> Fried Chicken. <laughs> turkey
0: all... yeah, KFC. New so I do loads of the research on delivery. Exactly. Other takeaways are available. I do loads of research on delivery, Uber Eats and bam, it doesn't mean any of that. What does it mean then? Talk us through. What what does this mean? Talk us through it.
1: Yeah. So the inspiration for this pod came about because a friend of mine returned from putting on an event and things had gone wrong. Lots of things had gone wrong. And quite rightly, they were critical of the venue, of the organisation, of the AV person. And I said, "Okay, sounds awful. What did you learn from it? And it was kind of like, what? And I said, well, instead of getting riled up and justified and ancient, which you can do, how are we going to make it better? What can you learn from it? What can you take away? Apart from being a really annoying person that way, I do try to look at situations that go wrong and find the best out of them or find some reason why that happened. And I remember this, I think I mentioned it before on a pod, somebody saying, you know, you can't control all the things that go on around you. It was, it's a, I've forgotten the name of the, the author. It's a really great author, uh, lady. You can't control the chaos that's around you, but you can control your reaction to it. And I want to take that one step further and say, And you can, in many cases, not all the time, but in many cases, turn that around to being something positive. In this instance, I said to the person concerned, what about making some recommendations back to the venue about the sort of things that they could do to mitigate against these things happening again? So instead of having one piece of equipment that's essential, make sure you've got a backup of that same piece of equipment. What about instead of paying somebody up front, like the AV guy, 50% up front, 50% on the completion of a very good job. So you're motivating somebody to get there, do the job well. And to be able to invoice again, saying, hi, thanks for a great job. You would hope that people would want to do a good job, but it doesn't happen. Life throws things at you sometimes and there's nothing you can do to control it. So it's all about thinking about what your key takeaways are right from the beginning of something. I'm coming back to my old thing about being prepared, preparedness. But I think sometimes we can be very passive acceptors of tasks. And not thinking about what we bring to the party and what we're getting out of it. And I do think it's really important that when we're doing our work, when we're in our everyday jobs, we don't just think about, am I doing that task to my boss's standards? Am I delivering this to the client's standards? Am I? delivering it to my standards yeah have I learned something from this what is my success factor from this and I know I talk about objective setting and preparedness but I haven't really discussed with you how we establish what is success and what is failure so that that person coming back from their event that was a failure in their eyes but how did they judge that was a failure if they said I actually wanted to learn how to put on an event with this particular client and see what would work and what wouldn't, then actually might have been a success because they found out that, you know, there are certain weak spots that they've learned from, that they can improve and make. If that was an objective to to learn how to do it, Good, you know, an event with that client, then maybe that would have been a success. So it's kind of like, how do you measure? And maybe that's a bad example, but how do you set your success criteria and how do you measure against that? And I think in all business, in life, I think it's quite important too.
0: Absolutely. And I think you've touched on a really interesting point there as well, which is far too often we exist within a particular challenge, a particular task, a particular project with one eye on the end with one eye on the result with one eye on the completion of that task or that job and it's really interesting you said that it's easy to measure success based on the result of something based on you know victory based on you know effectiveness but actually the stronger sense we have as individuals about our own success and what we deem to be a success on an individual basis the more likely you are I imagine for the whole thing to be a success because as long as you're upholding the strong values you have and you have belief in yourself and your skill set ultimately it's very difficult for a bad job to be done I mean is it does it come down to because we're going to talk about KPIs as well key performance Mm. indicators yes I believe what that stands for you've touched on something really interesting there how important is it for you to have your own performance assessment system within yourself before you then go into any professional environment and work as part of a bigger assessment system, as part of a team, how important is that?
1: I think it's super important. I think people get very demotivated and very sort of quietly dumbed down in themselves if they're just passively doing a task to a certain standard Mm. that they think is what people want and they don't bring themselves into the party. And I know it sounds a bit trite to say this, but I totally believe if you don't throw yourself into everything you do, you don't open yourself up to opportunity. You don't open yourself up to new ideas or new people or new things. So I'll give you an example. When I was younger, when I was running my first agency, I met a girl who wanted me to help her do some stuff. She also worked for a client, and it was me going over and beyond just to help really and i thought oh stuff it i'll i'll do it i'll help and through that person i met so many incredible people just because i went along to help it's like when when i met goldie horn i spent an evening with goldie horn this is a great story right and this is all about your attitude it's all about i know we're talking about success factors but hear me out <laughs> so i had a friend who said hey jack you're in pr he was a brokering scripts he oh. was a VT guy actually in films oh, cool. and he had this script evening coming across in this private members club home house and he was inviting all these people as potential investors to come and see the script and uh he was like oh you know my friends let me down helping host this event will you come and help me do it you know you're in pr and i was like oh, matt i'm so tired he said i can't afford to pay you but he said i'll give you lots of champagne and i was like okay
0: champagne
1: <laughs> why not <laughs> and it's my friend matt Matty no. joins if you're listening to this podcast it was you um <laughs> so i said okay i'll come along i'll come along and i did i spent time talking to a lot of rather stuff stiffy stuffy stuff stuffy people um and um yeah, drinking champagne, as he promised. And then right at the end, she said, uh, why don't you come and meet Goldie? And it was Goldie Horn who'd written this script. And I've still no. got a copy of this script somewhere in, in my boxes behind me. And uh, he said, come and meet Goldie. And I was like, oh, no, she won't want to talk to me. She's here to raise money and I haven't got any money. And he was like, no, no, come and talk to her. And I went and sat down and uh said, hi, <laughs> I'm Jackie. And she was like... Oh, thank God, a woman. And <laughs> we just started talking. So she said, Jackie, what are you into? And at the time I was into these, oh, it's going, this is going back 20 years. <laughs> at the time I was into these angel cards. There was this thing about your guardian angel and everything else. I was into. I was sure. really reading up about angels. And I said, Well, I'm actually quite interested in angels at the moment. She went, Oh, Doreen Virtue. And I went, yeah. So we just started, the next thing you know, she's like, Matthew, we're going for dinner, right? And he was like, yes. She said, she's coming with me. And so we spent the whole night together. She was like a massive
0: star, Goldie Hawn. She was a massive star.
1: It was mad. Oh, my goodness. And I've still got a picture of me and her, and she was teaching me. This is pre-cameras on the phones. Oh, and I can tell you my story about Philippe, who invented the camera on the phone, and he's a friend of mine as well.
0: Get him on the pod. Get him on. And Goldie. I
1: I will get... I don't know if Goldie... She might remember me. I could try. But anyway, so... And she taught me how to do selfies. And so she had Matthew taking... You know, standing in front of us and sort of going, yeah, that looks good, that looks good. And then she was like, right, hold the camera. So I was holding the camera, and we were snapping with a camera... She was like, now lift your le- lift your head, tilt your head, show your neck is long and straight. It was hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, the reason I'm telling that story, not but because I do like telling that story. It's a good fun story. <laughs> and she did kiss me full on the lips when we, and she nearly turned me.
0: Goldie uh, Horn.
1: Yes, that Goldie smacker Horn. Smacker from Goldie Horn.
0: The there you go you
1: don't forget um, but yeah so the reason I'm telling that story is because I threw myself into something I wasn't going to get anything out of other than a couple of glasses of champagne but it was throwing myself into an experience and whatever you do in life you've got to put yourself in wholeheartedly and I don't think that you can judge anything as success or a failure unless you have set your own personal standards Mm. your own personal things that you're going to get out of it what was I going to get out of that that particular thing well I was going to get a friend for life obviously because I helped him out Mm. I was going to get some experience I knew that I was going to get some more experience of hosting and I was going to get some networking done so I'd set my own success factors of just going and doing this thing and seeing what would come out of it but I certainly didn't expect to get Goldie Hawn out of it yeah and you know some things in life just don't 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 just come to you you've got to You got to really. I I do believe in karma. I do believe you get back what you put in, and that's why I get really riled up when I see people just doing a job and doing an okay job, but not really setting their own success factors. Yeah, and seeing, yeah, how do I feel at the end of doing this task? How do I feel at the end of writing that press release? Did it get any coverage? Did I learn how to write better? Did I get some recognition internally about it? What do I want to get out of this? And when you set your own standards, when you set your own KPIs, then you start to push for them, even sort of subconsciously. So if you wanted to see, if somebody wanted to write a press release and see, how i thought of them and wanted to put it in front of my nose and just say hey you know look hopefully jackie thinks i'm a good writer if they set that standard or that kpi for themselves then they're going to push it in front of me hmm. but if they're sitting back and thinking oh i just want her to recognize me i'll just do the job i'll hmm. just do push out another press release yeah they're going to take that one extra step to to push push that in front of me does that make any sense am i sort of no it
0: no it no it really does actually i think something interesting i picked up from that as well because it all does as ever make absolutely brilliant sense you know units of measurement as well i mean exist all around us in all walks of life you know how far away is something you know how much does something cost how much of this do i have be it money be it you know personal items be it things you collect whatever units of measurement do also exist when it comes to your own performance and what you want to get out of a particular task and just going back to the Goldie Horn example which I I reckon we will revisit ample times in this (laughs) recording because it's a brilliant story and you can never get enough of mentioning Goldie Horn because she's fantastic but you know we're gonna have to
1: put through we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to dig out that picture of me and Goldie you have have
0: to to, and it has to be in the marketing (laughs) for this episode it has to be we have to find it but you know what's interesting going back to it is not only did you not go into that task and that particular project that you were embarking on with your friend with money being the unit of measurement that you were going to use to measure money yeah you you actually couldn't because he said I can't pay you and that in a way opened your mind to measuring the success of that particular experience in other ways and as a result what am I getting
1: out of this yeah
0: exactly and I think it's I think it's so so important kpis and takeaways can exist these huge organizations that are sort of you know filtered out company-wide to every employee and they can also be like we've just discussed like personal takeaways and personal things and i've been of the belief that this is just an opinion this is not a um you know there's no theory behind this, but I think a lot of people do say this and I agree with them. I think it's very healthy. that money, we joke, root of all evil. But, you know, in many ways, particularly now, I mean, you know, we're not going to go down this particular rabbit hole on this recording, I don't think, anyway. We tend to go down quite a few rabbit holes with the podcast. But, you know, money, particularly now, is just an incredibly unhealthy way to measure success or failure, you know, because, you know, it, it is generally, but in the current climate, in the current environment, you know, we spoke a bit briefly about it, you know, in our previous episode of the podcast, you know, we're, we're fine, we're very lucky, touch with, you know, we're, we're, we're okay, we're secure. But the world's particularly fiscally and financially is a very uncertain place, the country is an mm. incredibly uncertain place. So what almost, what's the point in, I mean, obviously worry about it, you know, not too much, we've just we discussed worries, but you know, kind of, it's there, and it's a thing, and it's a phenomenon that we have to keep one eye on. But, you know, I've spoken to my dad so many times, another honourable mention for my dad, and my mum, to be fair. You know, if if success for me, leaving university, was purely financial, I wouldn't have been an actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? I, I just wouldn't have been. And for me, the takeaways were always going to be, for me, experience, going out there, meeting new people, learning from other people, you know. And it's really interesting, the example you gave about the event, a takeaway you might, from your friend who had a, a sort of an in inverted commas unsuccessful event had their takeaways been i can learn from this just so that when i do a next event you know I'm i can be i'm gonna be better there was an example this is from way way back a really early episode of the podcast we spoke about a member of the Demozo team who was organizing a meeting with a client and you said to them well this comes back to preparedness but you said to them um oh have you um have you been there to see what the space is like and they went oh no i'm just sure it's a fine space and you were like you should go first you know it's fine it's not a problem but you should go first next time their takeaway from that example is going to be right cool next oh, time I yeah. do it I will definitely go do you know what Absolutely. I mean and that's and in you know far too many people in my opinion go oh well, that that was just I just failed what a pointless experience well no it wasn't because it was an experience wasn't it and next time you won't do it that way next time you won't you know go into an audition and perform that way or you know yeah. next time you won't say that you know it's it's, it's really you, really important
1: have you had any things that you've sort of found from your stage kind of journey that you wouldn't necessarily have yeah. success factors, but
0: <laughs> I think something I'm always very conscious of when I performed in the past. And it, was, it actually really came to light this summer. In fact, is I was working with a, a wonderful director called Matt, who's actually now directing my wife in this production of Julius Caesar that's going on right now, and just a fantastic guy, really good friend. I grew to be a really good friend when we when we were doing the show together. But just really insightful director, and and Adam was the same. They they both co-directed it. But something you know, piece of advice Matt gave me was don't overact, and something I am occasionally prone to do, and I accept this is you know use my. I've got a malleable voice, and I kind of tend to, you know, try and engage people, and almost do that a little bit too much. And he he said, "What you're doing is good enough, just being there and just existing in the truth of it." And I could have quite easily left that conversation and been like, "Oh, he thinks I'm rubbish. He, he yes. thinks I'm not. You know, he thinks the way I perform is like you know overtly not brilliant." But it wasn't that because, and I think I feel like we're now going to use this word a lot. This is going to be my quantum for the uh, for the <laughs> episode.
1: So oh, here it comes
0: I talk a lot about how um I talk a lot about how people frame things and I sometimes actually imagine a frame sometimes yeah. I imagine a frame and a photo within it sometimes I do that mentally you know upstairs when I'm like when I'm struggling with something and I go right I could have put a picture in that frame that was him shunning my acting ability. I could have done that right but when I rationalized it and thought about it it wasn't that at all. It was an absolutely brilliant conversation. He was doing it from a standpoint of being a great director and a great friend. And he said, just exist better in it. And the picture I put in the frame was, that's great advice. My takeaway from that is that's really, really good advice. And it was on the eve of doing The Importance of Being Earnest, and I was playing Jack, and it was this huge, huge role and really exciting thing. Yeah and um, i really took it on board and we spoke about it afterwards and he was like i'm really i'm really getting the sense that you're kind of existing in parts and roles more and sort of you know really just kind of backing yourself to be good enough without having to do lots of different things and that's 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 been a a really key takeaway for me is something i'm trying to do a lot more of is just kind of backing myself a bit more and someone said to me the other day value going into experiences recognizing the value of yourself and how do you quantify that yes. before and going I into anything it, else
1: I keep saying to all of my team that I want them to think themselves about a client just because I say that event over there is going to be really good you should read this piece in th- or you should listen to this podcast to get your knowledge up just because I give those directions doesn't mean that is it it's up to everybody to to look inside themselves and think okay what am I getting out of this is hmm. this really something because honestly I do believe if you throw yourself into things and if you're really passionate about it then you're going to get a better result for yourself for your client for whatever you're doing I mean let me give a really trite example oh this is my dog word for today try it
0: love it well, let's, of
1: let's give it sort of, if you went to have a surgery, and you saw the consultant, and the consultant went, "Yeah, well, you know, we'll wheel you in. We'll give you some anaesthetic. Uh, you'll be out for an hour or so, and then you're done. And then you might have to stay overnight. Job done. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt." As um, my, I'm going to give a little plug for. Tom Carradine's sing along. Carradine's singing along. There was about, a maybe. song called "Bob's Your Uncle, funny's Your Aunt" in that. <laughs> anyway, and if you went in and you had that kind of like, "I'm gonna do it," you're done. You think, okay, yeah, probably they'll do a great job. That's fine. I hope. Or if you go to a consultant and goes right after this, everything is going to be fantastic. Mm. Going to make you look better, feel better. Everything's going to be fine. Don't you worry about it. I love doing this job. This is one of my favorite procedures. I've prided myself on it. I specialize in this. Yeah. How are you going to feel then? Significantly better. Significantly better. So you're going to do a better job for people if you're invested, if your passion yeah. is there. And so that means if you, you won't be invested and passionate about something, if you don't set your own. KPI. And then once you get used to setting your own KPIs, you get better at setting KPIs for others. And then you get better at setting KPIs with clients or Mm. with other people for what they want to do so it helps you manage other people better it helps you deliver a better service or product it all comes back down to takeaways and it's something that we never discuss we never discuss analyzing things after the event we always discuss being prepared setting your objectives getting the task done but we never discuss that sort of after the event time when you sort of sit back and you go job done how did it go how do I think about that
0: yeah how did it go for me how did it go for you like you know how when we next do it can things improve what worked what didn't work that's the kind of very brass tacks black and white side of things but also yeah psychologically like if you finish a task on an individual level cool right we we got through it we did it brilliant I prepared then I did it fantastic and How we talked a
1: lot about mental health, didn't we, yeah. in one of our pods? Yeah. And I do think a lot of this is key to your own mental health because you're only with yourself. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, you can be in a team of people and be the loneliest person in the in the room. If you're not giving yourself some achievable KPIs, yeah. and I really do mean achievable, there's no point setting yourself a KPI that is like way up there and no, never please. going to be hit. I do like I do like lofty ambitions. I have to say I love people reaching for the stars, yeah. but I want them not to just keep reaching for the stars and falling down flat on their face. Exactly. You, if you're going to reach for the stars, set yourself something achievable in the middle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, small, wins. I, small wins,
0: small as wins as well. as well. I'm a big small if wins fan. If you fan. want to
1: go for a big win you know go for that big win yeah yeah we don't sort of sit back and and say to ourselves whether we thought that was a a good thing or not enough Mm. and and it's something that I try to sort of build into client work into our business processes is time to reflect and analyze what we've actually done now for me it's become sort of second nature I'm such a kid I love I love a target I really enjoy it. I think it comes from, you know, when we had Ben on the podcast and we were talking about that sales training. Yeah. See, I used to do sales, and so you had targets. And if you hit your targets, that was a really visual way of going, woo-hoo, ring the bell, hit the target, job done, brilliant, well done. Pat, us all on the back, we're great, we're happy, we've done what we set out to do. That's a great thing about sales. But in common day life, you don't have those type tar- people don't have those kind of targets. And when I was working in magazine publishing, we used to have a cycle, of course, because a magazine comes out once a month. Mm-hmm. So we had a cycle of selling enough advertising to fill the magazine and you had a cutoff date, you had a deadline. There ain't no going past that because it had to go to print. So you'd be working like beavers for so the first week would be like oh you know what we, what what's in the magazine what are we going to sell on second week was you know really getting your stuff together setting your ambitions and everything else your targets third week you're like really hitting the phones you're really going for it fourth week it's like ah panic station. we've got all week to sell. there are
0: enough bad birds in here
1: <laughs> and we'd be on that cycle every single month yeah. And I got used to it. It was like a circadian rhythm to me. I got used to being in the cycle. <laughs> so after five years, of, well, nearly five years of working in that and then going out to my next job, I genuinely had a bit of a breakdown to start with because I didn't have that target every month yeah. to work towards. So my reality was completely up in the air. I I'd no, Nobody was setting me a target. How did I set myself a target? It was complete... Gobi Desert. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to start working in my own head on target setting for myself. And so I think that's why it comes second nature to me now, that luckily I recognised it then. And I was able to think, OK, I have to set my own targets for me to, to propel forward, to actually understand where I'm going and and you know, I got my own boss to sign off on my own set targets and he loved it because he's just like, who's this nutter coming to me and asking for more work and to do more things? But again, I bring that back down to getting more out of life because yeah. if I hadn't set those targets and I wouldn't have done half the things that I did, I wouldn't have traveled as much as I did. I wouldn't have gone and experienced as many people and events as I did if I hadn't set those targets for myself.
0: Yeah. That's a really interesting point as well because we've spoken a lot about, and we spoke with Ben, actually, it's interesting you mentioned Ben, we spoke with Ben as well about how important with a client, that discovery period is, right? So obviously, you know, you've got the work you're going to do in partnership with a client. And that's kind of the 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 meat, uh, or other food stuff uh, in between the in between the sandwich, and you've got, you know, the, the lower level of bread is your discovery. How important is that? period after a particular project a particular plan I mean you've kind of outlined that and also how do you I suppose more the question is how do you go about setting those KPIs those takeaways with a client where at times you're gonna have a different opinion on what you want to get out of something than they are I mean how do you go about that conversation is it difficult do you come to obviously you come to an agreement obviously more or less don't you like you know 100% we come to an agreement with the client and like I say this is very much a hypothetical because particularly with our clients, our wonderful clients at domozo you know, it's all very collaborative and we always come to an agreement. There's there's never any difficulty there. But have you had experiences of people who have maybe had their own set of KPIs, their own system in place already?
1: And yeah, you and been like, it's not and really. I think the first thing is being open. Yeah. About what's your expectations? You know, everyone's heard the phrase expectation setting, making sure that we're all working to the similar goal and I have had clients of course say to me that they want to be in the FT or Vogue or the New York Times and I will always try to find a way to deliver that yeah and what we might not agree on would be what I need from the client in order to be able to deliver that. And I've talked to you about this in in other pods, I think. Some clients will come to you and think that because you're in PR, you have this black book of contacts and you can just phone someone you know and just get a story. And I think that's very demeaning to journalists. I have a huge respect for journalists. And as you know, we had the wonderful Caroline on the pod who showed us absolute expertise and professionalism that you see from our journalists in the UK, and I think we have some of the best journalists in the world. So to think that I could, and I do have some of the best journalists in the world in my black book, but I wouldn't demean them to just phone them up and go, oi, mate, you know, just do us a quick story on this. It just doesn't work that way. No. It might work that way in publicity when you're saying, ah, mate, my minor celebrity is going to be in this place at this time. Would you send a pap down to take a picture? Yeah that's not journalism that's just tabloid fodder yeah you know, when we're talking about real stories and real issues and real solutions which is the sort of stuff that we work with you're never going to get that and let me oh let me tell you oh here we go back <laughs> on the story trail but this is really important I and I don't think the people involved will will mind me mentioning the scenario, but I won't name names. But just literally this week, just to prove that I do do what I expect all my other people to do, my team to do. I do it, too. And so I've been working on a story with a journalist from the Times group. Um, not Caroline um, somebody who I'd never met before, who I was pitching and who I was lucky enough gave me the time of day to spend a bit of time with me, telling me what they wanted. And I got them what I thought they they wanted. I got them and interviewed one of our clients. And it was the most, I actually was talking to Shanice about this yesterday. It was probably the best pitch I've ever done. It was probably the best pitch and best interview combination I've ever done because I knew exactly what the journalist needed. i had done my research. I spent the time with the journalist, but not wasted her time. Sure. And she certainly didn't feel like I was wasting her time. And then with the interview, I delivered up the person, the candidate who could answer her questions. And now we're following up with all the follow up information that journalist needs to create the pieces, not the one piece. Now, this was the that's why this exceeded my success criteria i just wanted to her to do one piece and that would be great and be fantastic and She's, come she's back thinking and gone about again. doing a couple of pieces brilliant now to me that's just like i was like a kid in the candy shop it's like yeah smashed it because i'd even got a result but because for me that was the right way of doing my job and it was with two people who are really happy with having a conversation and creating a really interesting story that people would want to read. And everyone's a winner.
0: And everyone will have a takeaway from that as well, by the way. Every single person will have a key takeaway that they can then go back and sort of rest on and analyse and kind of, you know, scrutinise in a very positive way. So yourself, for example, you've gone, I prepared, I met with the journalist, I wrote the pitch. I prepped all the interview material. I prepped all the follow-up material. I feel like I've, you know, in terms of my own checklist of things, my, like KPIs that I'm trying to hit, you know, achievable ones, I've hit all of those things. And what happened, not only was the success that you, you know, quote-unquote, you know, expected or hoped for and you were looking to achieve there, but it was twofold, quite literally twofold or, or morefold. Threefold. You, know, threefold, you know, in terms of the stories. The journalist has gone into a conversation with you Knowing that their KPIs are, I'm going to listen, I'm going to give it the time of day. And if it's for me, then great. And if it's not, it's not. I've put myself in that position. And that journalist has come out of that interaction with some great content, great not content, one, not two, three, pieces. a
1: cases. bit of genuine learning and some really good stories. Um, and the
0: prospective interviewee has also got a takeaway because they've entrusted the client, has entrusted you to go out and do that. And so their KPIs are, I'm going to provide the materials. I'm going to work in conjunction with Jackie Demozo. And they've got more out of it than they expected. And it's an excellent thing all around because, and so,
1: because you, know like, you all set these
0: criteria, you know, of
1: mine is yeah. to be able to talk about successful interactions like that on this podcast. Mm. And then taking it further, like they do at school, they have a TIFF mark, take it further, take it further into back into Demoso to talk people through. How I approached it, why I took the line I took and what, you know, what we are going to do to follow up from that and really use it as a learning tool as well for everybody else. So, you know, share the love, share the case study of setting objectives, achieving your results, taking it a bit further, et cetera, et cetera. So all good, all good. But, you know, that I can sit back and say, yes, that was a success because Mm. I knew exactly what I deemed a success to be. But I also, interestingly, thought about what was successful for the journalist, what would be successful for the client, and what would be successful for me.
0: Mm. All on an individual basis, knowing and very clearly setting those things out. I mean, I mentioned before we went live, did that I recently came into contact with KPIs not for the first time I feel like it's important to stipulate that I feel like we all exist the human we all exist exist with key performance indicators which you know there are specific that businesses out there will have very specific metrics they use for kpis so you know productivity and that's become a bit of a hot topic at the moment hasn't it there was um, someone from amazon who went up in front of a committee didn't they because they were kind of doing analysis like very very intrinsic intense analysis over productivity to the tune of analyzing time spent on work and, and how yeah. there, which is quite rightly called out by this particular mp and we we won't go into that but we all exist within within key performance indicators and that kind of environment throughout our lives we might we just might not know it you know we go into a task you know and it can be as simple as if you're a runner you know if you're a marathon runner professionally you know, there's one, isn't there? Like, you know, be as quick as you can be kind of thing. You know, there there are other things as well, fitness and what have you. But I came into contact from like on a professional level, when it comes to this side of what I do this, this particular job I do quite recently, we're getting the word out there increasingly about this podcast in the form of, you know, press releases and marketing and all this sort of stuff. And I was asked for comments that will go and hopefully get picked up you know if, if if it gets taken away and one of the questions I was asked by the lovely Cara who I like much of the team because of Covid and other things I haven't met in person yet um but I've e-met um in a in a, in a lovely way and she just <laughs> she asked me a question she said what's your vision for the podcast and what do you want to get out of it and I thought wow interestingly I've definitely thought about that you know unofficially you know, subconsciously, what have you? But I've never been asked, really. You know, we we kind of had conversations way back when we when we first decided it was something we wanted to do, and then fast forward a year, and and now we're doing it. I'm delighted we're doing it, but I kind of just thought, you know, Jackie and I will have a chat about all sorts of things, <laughs> to do with PR and other things, and people will hopefully want to listen. What did I want out of it? Now, I know what I want out of it. What I want out of this is, you know, I want it to be listened to by as many of you lovely lot as possible. Uh, And I want us to really get to the crux of some really important points, not necessarily just to do with PR anymore, although that's obviously, you know, where we're focusing a lot of what we do, but just about sort of some really important talking points and some really important sort of conversation topics. I want to get to the crux of that. I want to challenge things. I want to sort of be a source of information. I want to be a source of comfort even for people if if they want to listen to it. KPIs wise then that's where I'm at but then in terms of specifics it's like well listening numbers you know viewing numbers on our YouTube channel but it was really interesting I hadn't been asked it and all of a sudden I'm there going what are my takeaways from from the pod but
1: honestly Lyle I'm yeah. gonna argue with you here because I know there's another key KPI here for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. because it is all about you as a presenter as well this is great for you for your cv mm. being a brilliant presenter you research these things properly you know we make a joke about this just being a chat and everything else and we do make a joke about the fact we go off piece all the time which we do which must drive you insane because <laughs> a lot of preparation and you do make sure that there's questions there and everything so when i chuck a kpi thing at you at, on a wednesday night you're like oh goodness sake no. <laughs> <laughs> I've done all this background research no, and all. This I,
0: was, I loved it. I loved it.
1: it was great. <laughs> no, but maybe, but maybe you are right. Yeah, Seriously, yeah. I am right because I know that this for you, and this is a really serious point, listeners. This is a really serious point because you are doing this and putting your passion and your energy and enthusiasm into this because you're personally getting something that you're doing that you like to do. Big that time. you set as something you enjoy doing, which is performing, really. We're all yeah. performing when we're talking or when we're sharing our information. So, and it's what you're really good at. So, kind of you. Don't light, hide your light under a bushel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but also, I mean, it's a really, uh, thank you very much, it's very, very kind of, but yeah, you know, it's, it's very easy to be enjoying it this much and to have uh, this much fun with it when I've got a fantastic oh. coach such as yourself. I know, here we go, there <laughs> I am, segueing in. And also, a <laughs> <guest> <laughs> fan. but it's so important, right? As there is an important yeah. point within that, as there always is, which is actually, a, it might be a nice one to end on, actually. a, a KPI can be enjoyment level passion
1: well yeah you know one of in my fact, it should be. one it of should my be personal reasons yeah. yeah one of my personal reasons for wanting to do something like this is the you know when I'm ancient and lost my marbles a bit and uh my my son's going oh that old. Oh batty woman with a cross stitch in a rocking chair can go once she had a brain and once she had an opinion, Now all she cares about is what time's the football match coming on and getting her latest cross stitch. Ye- but tell to me. <laughs> <I do. Yes. laughs>
0: but
1: it is really it's important that we acknowledge why we do things and why we yeah. why we spend our time doing things. Because yeah getting philosophical about it you know we spend our days our lives working
0: yeah
1: if we cannot set ourselves some success factors to derive some personal enjoyment out of these things exactly right what's the point
0: yeah and it has to be such a key part of your system of analysis and that sounds like a very very boring way of putting make sure you enjoy things and make sure you find joy and passion in things. But it's such it's such an important point. You know, I feel like so many people I know joke about, oh yeah, and the grind and all this sort of stuff. when I do challenge them on it, you know, when I inevitably challenge friends of mine who you know work as auditors or lawyers or work in medicine or anything like that, work in HR, whatever it may be, when I challenge them and I'm like, yeah, ha 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 and all that, you know, the grind is the grind is the grind. Ha ha ha. But you love it though, don't you? They go. But yeah, I do enjoy my day. Yeah, I enjoy my team. Yeah. And, you know, there's something quite gratifying about reaching the end of the day and going, yeah, cool, smash that today. Yeah, smash what I'm good at. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And like finding that joy can be hard at times. If you had, a, if you have had a hard day and you know, you've had a stressful week or whatever it may be, it can be very, very hard. But a key yeah. takeaway is, right, cool. But I did it and I got there. And there's gratification. Well, and you en- got through it. And there's enjoyment in that. You know, and I've definitely been involved in, I often get asked as well, oh, you must absolutely love acting you must love it well of course I do I wouldn't be doing it if I if I didn't enjoy it but there are some really hard days there are days when you would really very much rather not be doing that you, they, you know I've missed things I missed my brother's 21st birthday this year I've missed holidays i missed you know I, that's sad but it's the
1: honeymoon you have to put that on delay. yeah, yeah. And, and my,
0: my wife was in a show the day after we got married and had to go on stage the night after we got married in Wales and she had a show in Windsor you know and she goes she harks back to that day and goes that was dreadful I you know I was really really hard really really tiring but I love it I do it because I love it you know and that's the thing so it's it you're you're right to call me out on my oh it's so, <laughs> so that people listen to the podcast you're <laughs> so right because I do love doing it and I found I found a real sense of joy in doing it and um, and I want it to be a success because I enjoy it do you know what I mean that's that's kind of that it comes full circle doesn't it, it comes around to that and it's, it's just really interesting because again we've gone down a tangent of you know, I half expected this 40 minutes to be talk to me about methods of putting mm-hmm. together a KPI system. And we've basically just spoken about Goldiehorn for 40 minutes. <laughs> Goldiehorn's back. Um she's gonna be on the pod. That will be that is a KPI. <laughs> That's something I'm taking away oh, from this I'm episode. Have to get,
1: I'm have to phone Matthew joins now. Say, him do, up. You, do you still have tea with Goldie?
0: <laughs> I will. And settle's the wrong word, Matthew. If you're listening, I will settle, however, because it's
1: one of his mates as well.
0: But <laughs> uh, come on, <laughs> how many guys does this guy know? This is amazing. Get Matthew on, he's someone we need to get on. From then, things just oh, you like, would love to
1: Matthew talking, I'm sure. Maybe I will.
0: <laughs> do it do it, and the guy who invented the phone camera don't think i've forgotten about that um but we're going to call it there because i think you know we could still be going yeah, we, we could talk all day a key yeah. takeaway is we could talk all day um but thank you so much listeners for listening to the latest episode of the rest is pr here are the methods of getting in touch coming right at you as they always do at the end of each episode of the podcast if you want to get in touch with us here at the rest is pr you can do so by emailing info at the rest is pr.com or emailing demozo directly info at domozo.com we will keep an eye on that as well if you want to find out more about the podcast in general we have a website it's brilliant it's called the rest head over to that now we have the episodes embedded on our website as well. So, wherever you're listening to this podcast, the episodes are also embedded on our website. Thanks to the wonderful Harry, who's just joined the team at Demozo, mozo I'm really excited to uh, work with a bit more uh, on all things. The rest is PR. And finally, if you want to check out what Demozo have been up to in the wonderful, wide range of lot of PR that it is, obviously Demozo.com. I've been Lyle, she has been the wonderful wonderful jackie and uh, she's off to go and text matthew to try and get going on on the podcast uh, and we will see you next week for
1: another exciting installment of the rest is pr bye for now